When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. College Football Live. I'm Wendy Next with Sam Ocho and Eddie Royal and Reunited. It feels so good. You two are too young to remember what that even means, but I know you're happy to be back together. Of course, reunited from your time together at the Chicago Bears, Sam. No, it was great. So when I came to Chicago, me and Eddie got together, played on the same team. He was offense, I was defense. There might have been a little bit of beef right on the practice field, but when the game started, we were on the same team. <laughs> Just a little bit. Special teams. He was out there blocking for me. So, I tell you, my guy, man. We're cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Absolutely. Well, all's well that ends well. How about, how about those tunes to get us started, fellas? Listen, we'll have college football this weekend. Everybody's getting excited. So, we're winding down the week now with some of our final conference previews. Here's a look at the Big 12 by the numbers. The Big 12 is in a, in a really interesting and, 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 quite frankly, perilous spot right now. Gone from Oklahoma are head coach Lincoln Riley, quarterbacks Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler, running back Kennedy Brooks, and eight defensive starters. But the Sooners remain the favorites in the Big 12 in year one under Brent Venables. But should OU be favored? Even with all of that talent last year, no team won more games by seven points or fewer than Oklahoma's six. Can the Sooners survive so many close calls again in 2022? Oklahoma comes all the way back for three touchdowns behind to break Texas hearts again. As good as Oklahoma was in close games last year, Texas was equally as bad, as evidenced by the Longhorns blowing a late third quarter 18-point lead to the Sooners, which sent Texas spiraling to a six-game losing streak. No team lost more games when leading at halftime last year than the Longhorns with four. He's going to take it all the way! Tristan Abner, 98 yards for the Baylor touchdown! And no team surprised more than 2021 Big 12 champion Baylor, which finished 12-2, capping it off with a Sugar Bowl win. How did the Bears do it? With a combination of old-school defense and new-school analytics. Baylor went for it 35 times last year on fourth down, third most in the Power Five. And in the rare instance Baylor failed to convert those opportunities, the Bears' defense came up big, allowing opponents to score a touchdown on only 17.9% of drives. Texas is the favorite to win the Big 12. They haven't won a conference title since 2009 when someone we know, someone named Sam Acho, led the team in sacks. Despite all the changes at Oklahoma, the Sooners are the favorites, according to oddsmakers at Caesars Sportsbook. So with that, I say, Sam, Texas, OU, or the field to win the Big 12. 
Yeah, I'll go the field, and more specifically, I'll go Baylor. I mean, why are we sleeping on the team that won the Big 12 last year, the team coached by Dave Aranda that was 2-7 in 2020, flipped it and went to 12-2, capped off with a Sugar Bowl win in 2021. They beat Oklahoma last year. They beat Texas last year. They beat Oklahoma State last year. They won the Big 12 last year. They're returning Blake Shapin, who not only is a quarterback who can run the ball, but he can pass the ball more efficiently than their quarterbacks of the past. And so for me, Dave Aranda has figured out the winning formula. Dominate on defense, be aggressive on offense. I think that formula will continue to win this year in the Big 12. Acha, what are you doing, man? How do you not pick your own school? You guys haven't had much to brag about. Now you have a chance and you don't even take it. So I'll do it for you. I'm going to take Texas, right? I love Texas. They have the best trio of skill position players out there with Quinn Ewers at quarterback. You got Xavier Worthy at receiver and then Robinson at running back. That offensive line struggled a little bit last year in pass protection, but guess what they did? They went and got a top five recruiting class, added two five-star offensive linemen and four four-star offensive linemen, and two of those are going to end up starting this year on the offensive line. Then you're struggling on defense. You go get Gary Patterson from TCU, one of the best defensive minds in college football. He's going to help them out with that 4-2-5 defense. And also they added a top running backs coach in Tashard Choice and then a top receivers coach in Brendan Marion. So this team is loaded as far as players, and they also have the coach in the back it. I'm interested to see how that defense improves under Patterson. I will tell you, though, guys, that the FBI and the odds makers may favor Texas or OU, but the personnel covering the Big 12 – the media have picked Baylor. So I don't know. If you believe the intel on the ground, you're going to go with Sam Acho, Eddie. Uh, but we're just getting started. Meanwhile, in a season uh, that's likely defined, that will be defined by transfer quarterbacks, look no further than the Big 12. Dylan Gabriel, former UCF, takes over at Oklahoma. Third among active players with 70 touchdown passes. The Quinn Ewers era set to begin in Austin. Former top-ranked QB recruit in the country comes to Texas by way of Ohio State although he played just two snaps last year. West Virginia will be the third stop in the past four seasons for JT Daniels. He battled injuries at both USC and Georgia, but gets a fresh start in Morganton for head coach Neil Brown. And in an under-the-radar move, Adrian Martinez moved on from Nebraska over to the Little Apple and Kansas State. He already has 8,000 passing yards and 2,000 rushing yards on his resume. I'm not kidding. This season will likely be defined by the transfer portal in general, much less, Eddie, these transfer QBs. Who, in your estimation, will be the most impactful transfer quarterback in the Big 12? Yeah, I like JT Daniels, but my guy is going to be Dylan Gabriel for Oklahoma. He's an experienced quarterback coming in. He played under Jeff Levy there at UCF. He's thrown for over 8,000 yards and 70 touchdowns. That's huge right there to add with that leadership aspect of it all. It's hard to tell people what to do and lead them if you yourself don't know what to do. So him playing in that offense already is going to be a huge boost for them as well. And also, it allows the coordinators to be able to do what they want to do. It allows Brent Venables to be able to be on the defensive side of the ball where he's needed. He can focus on that and allow Jeff Levy and Dylan Gabriel to focus on that offense. Yeah, Eddie, I'll agree with you on that one. I'm going to go Dylan Gabriel as well, even though there are other options we could have picked. Uh, and I'll go with that because of the 2019 season that Dylan Gabriel had with Jeff Levy. As a true freshman at UCF, Dylan Gabriel threw for 29 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Even though Jeff Levy left the next year, Dylan Gabriel got better. Now they're reunited, and it feels so good. And I think it's going to be a really uh, – uh, 
a short or a fast learning curve. It won't take a long time for Dylan Gabriel to recall some of the play calling, some of the route concepts, even some of the protections. And so that's why I think he's probably best suited for a huge season. I got a chance to, to spend some time with him at Big 12 Media Day as well. He's a phenomenal leader, Dylan Gabriel. He's around some of his teammates. You could tell he has this fire, this energy, this passion. He wants to win. You know what, Sam, at this point in the preseason, as we get ready for games in just a few days, we've literally looked at every aspect of just about every team, all right? So we have the FBI, we have the odds makers, we have what personnel covering these teams think. So we know what's expected in the Big 12, but if you had to pick a team that could disrupt it, that could lead to mayhem, which we saw last year in a number of conferences, who is it and why? Yeah, it's going to be Kansas State. And the reason why is one name, one man, one word, Adrian Martinez. He transferred, we talked about the transfer quarterbacks. He transferred from Nebraska. But if you think about some of the numbers, this guy for the last three years hasn't been able to have a consistent running attack. His running backs from 2019 to 2021 averaged less than 100 yards on the ground. He now is partnered with Deuce Vaughn as a running back, one of the best running backs in the Big 12, best in the nation, and a dominant defense, at least their front four, Kansas State, as one of the best front fours in all of college football. And so for me, Kansas State, you have your quarterback, you have your running back, you have your defense. Kansas State could really upset some people this year. Yeah, Acho, I actually agree with you. I believe that running game is going to cause some defenses some issues. And as you know, the main thing that defensive coordinators talk about is stopping the run. If you can't stop the run, then you can't control the game. So Kansas State is going to be able to lead the games and shorten the games by being able to run out that clock and play good defense. They had the third best defense in the Big 12. So I think Kansas State is going to surprise a lot of people this year. All right. See, that's why you asked the question. That was not the answer I expected. But there you go. Keep an eye. Uh, no one caught sleeping on Kansas State if you're watching college football live. Speaking of which, still plenty more to come as we make our way towards college football on Saturday. Todd McShay, already a busy man in the film room. He's got some NFL prospects to keep your eyes on during the college football season. Some of whom, by the way, will be on this list. The preseason Heisman hopefuls get set to take center stage. We'll have an early look at the odds on favorites to walk away with a win. leaked tape that led to one of the biggest scandals in sports and changed the NBA forever. A podcast that unearthed it all. This is just like what 2014 was mm-hmm. like. Like there's yeah. a lot of wild stuff happening. And now a Hulu docudrama. TMZ was calling again and again and saying, we have a tape. Do you want to comment? 30 for 30 podcasts presents The Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clips. We reshot the scene and I could barely watch it because it was so uncomfortable. It was tough. A companion podcast to the FX drama in Inspired by the award-winning reporting of Ramona Shelburne, one of ESPN's top NBA reporters, an L.A. native, and someone who has been following the story from the moment it broke. Join Ramona as she sits down with the cast and crew of the show in spoiler-filled conversations and behind-the-scenes reaction to each episode. Man, this is crazy, but these people live these lives every day. Donald Sterling, this was his lifestyle for a long time. Listen to The Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clipped wherever you get your podcasts. Is a huge game. Up in my chain, hitting like King's back in his hometown when them wheels hit. 
With the college football season just around the corner, Todd McShay already a busy man assessing the talent in the 2023 NFL draft class. He's got a mix of offensive skill players and defensive linemen atop his big board, led by, go figure, Alabama pass rusher Will Anderson Jr. And Todd McShay, for the first time, but far from the last time this season, joins us this afternoon. And let's talk quarterbacks. Uh, Stroud and Young at the top, when you look at the quarterbacks, how do you differentiate, Todd, between the two? Yeah, Wendy, it's tough when you look at these two quarterbacks. They're both so great in so many different ways. Uh, with, with Bryce Young, I have him as the QB2 in this class coming into the season. The thing that jumps out is he's so great processing, going from one read to the next. He's going to stand in that pocket, and he's going to beat you first with his mind. And then it's his unbelievable touch and timing as a passer. He's got all of that going for him, and he also protects the football so well. 47 touchdowns, just seven interceptions a year ago. But the knock on him, especially talking to scouts who have been there this summer, is that the size. He's 5'10", when he's listed really as six foot one. And a scout just told me the other day that he weighed in, it was 186 pounds. And I know everyone's going to say, well, Russell Wilson was 5'10 and 3 eighths inches coming out of Wisconsin. And I get that, but he was tightly packed and really had a sturdy build at 204 pounds. You're talking about 186 pounds with that smaller frame. So that's what scouts I'm talking to are stressing about Stroud and maybe why he might not be the first quarterback off the board, but certainly still an early first-round pick. When you talk about – sorry, Stroud now, that was with Bryce Young. With Stroud, he processes really quickly as well. I think if the size is an advantage for him, 6'3", 218 pounds, that's kind of the new prototype in today's NFL. So, yes, a little bit linear frame, but he's got room on that frame to grow. And I look at his catalog of NFL throws. I'm talking anticipation before the receiver breaks, finding a small window between defenders, and locating the, that spot, leading the receiver to that spot, and having perfect ball placement. He does that at such a high level on some of those hard throws down the field. And the most important thing and the biggest feedback I've gotten from scouts this summer when they've gone into Ohio State and talked to the coaches and done some of the due diligence, his leadership is exceptional. Not good, not great exceptional. I've heard from two different scouts who have said, I compare him a lot to Dak Prescott when it comes to leadership. And to me, that's the, the greatest trait that Dak Prescott has is his ability to carry his football team. And Stroud does that and makes everyone at Ohio State better around him because he demands it. That will go a long way and certainly a comparison he'd be pleased to hear. Todd, those two, as much as we'll talk about them, just part of this quarterback draft class as a whole, what else or who else stands out? Yeah, I just, you know, you go back every year, there's a quarterback that seems to jump up in that final year of college, right? Kenny Pickett a year ago, we thought maybe fifth round going in two seasons ago, comes and has a great season last year. Trey Lance two years ago, three years ago, we talked about Joe Burrow. Is he even going to get drafted? And then he has that phenomenal year at LSU. Will Levis is one of those guys. I've got so much depth in this class. Will Levis, it starts with, I think he could be a first-rounder coming out of Kentucky. He's got to improve throwing down the field and downfield vision, but he's got a lot of the grit and the leadership you look for. Tyler Van Dyke from Miami showed a lot of flashes last year. Anthony Richardson has almost no quarterback experience in college, but might be the most physically gifted of the entire group. Phil Jerkovic from Boston College. Keaton Slovis, who transferred from USC to Pitt. And Tanner McKeith at Stanford could be the sleeper of this entire group if he puts together a really good season in his final year at Stanford. Well, and to your point, look no further than Joe Burrow. Almost astounding what happened his senior season and what he's gone on to do from mm -hmm. where he started at the preseason. Let's talk about pass catchers for just a minute, Todd, because you have five 
uh, among your top 16 prospects for this draft. LSU's Kayshawn Butte leads that group. He missed most of last year with a leg injury. Last year's Bolitnikoff Award winner Jordan Addison also on the list. He moved west from Pitt to USC during the offseason. We'll bring in our own resident wide receiver uh, to get in on this discussion. Eddie's back with us. And Todd, uh, we'd love to talk about a number of guys, but if you have to single out one or two when you're talking about pass catchers, who are you got your eye on? Yeah, you mentioned it, Kayshawn Butte, my number one wide receiver. And listen, he's coming off that injury. He had to have another ankle surgery, and certainly it's all about health with him. But when he was healthy, look at what he did. I mean, he was on pace to be the Bolitnikoff winner last year. Six games he played. At the end of the season, he was still the leading receiver for LSU with 508 receiving yards and nine touchdowns. That's how impactful he was on that team that also struggled at quarterback and protecting the quarterback. I just, listen, I love Addison. I love Smith and Jigba. They're phenomenal college players and will be really good NFL players. If Boutte puts it together with how physical he is, how aggressive he is attacking the ball, Eddie, and also the extra twitch that I see in his game compared to the other guys, I think he's got a chance to be special. Now, Todd, I see four of your top ten receivers are from the ACC. I got to talk to you about the placement, but I love that so far. The guy that I want to talk about is Octavian Wicks <laughs> from UVA. He's six foot two, 210 pounds. And what I loved about him, I saw him in person, was his releases. He's able to be quick at the line of scrimmage, but still strong enough to use his hands to get you off of him. At the top of the route, he's quick in and out of his breaks, creating separation. And then he could track the ball over his shoulder, as we're seeing right there. He averaged 21 yards per catch. So he's one of those guys who could do it all. He's well coached over at UVA by Marcus Hagan. So he's the guy that I look forward to shooting up your board. Yeah, and, and it's not just the receivers. I know that upsets you a little bit, but what a great tight end class. There are two guys in the, in the top five pass catchers in this group. Talking about Michael Mayer from, from Notre Dame, the baby Gronk, as we called him early in his career, and then Eric Gilbert. He might not even be the best and most productive tight end on Georgia's roster this year, but, man, he is physically gifted. If he pulls it all together after a couple years of dealing with some issues, he's got a chance to be a star in the league. All right, fellas, thank you, Todd. Buckle in. It's going to be a long season, hopefully a great one. We look forward to hearing from you often. Uh, some of those names you heard Todd talk about likely mentioned tonight in the preseason Herbie Awards. Here's a bonus award ahead of tonight's show. If the idea of week zero is to whet your appetite for the season, we've got something that will really make you hungry. The Herbie Awards handed out tonight. We've been doing this, I don't know, uh, 15 years or so, maybe close to 20 now. Reese Davis and Kirk Herbstreet here. And, Kirk, we're going to have the show tonight, but let's give the people what they want. A bonus category that we won't see in the show, a precision passer. Give me the nominee. Well, first of all, this is a tough one to select. There's just so many experienced, talented quarterbacks, but I think we've got three outstanding ones. Start with C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. He stepped in for Justin Fields. And after a slow start, really became the guy and one of the best quarterbacks in the entire country. Has a boatload of talent around him to have another great year. And again, another guy, Bryce Young, stepped in for Mac Jones. A lot of pressure on him in Tuscaloosa. Leads the Crimson Tide to an SEC championship. Came close in a national title. Again, another guy that you expect to have a big year. And how about the ACC, just loaded with quarterback experience. But I think Devin Leary of North Carolina State, I think Dave Doran's bunch have a chance to have a great year. And I think Devin Leary, with, again, the receivers and backs that he has to work with, has a chance as well to back up the 21 year where he played very well, maybe even be better in 22. The Herbie Award for Precision Passer goes to 
Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. Hard to be much more precise. He set a Buckeye record with a 72% completion percentage. He was just on point all year. He really was. And, you know, keep in mind, he, he had a couple wide receivers that uh, went on to play Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Remember, they sat out in the Rose Bowl, and it was a big question about how would Stroud perform. And he had a couple young receivers, Marvin Harrison and Amika Abuka, who stepped up and did a really good job. Those two are back, uh, along with Julian Fleming. So uh, Ohio State, uh, because of the way they recruit, they've, they've completely, they don't rebuild, they just reload. And not to mention Trevion Henderson behind him. So what are you going to do? Load up to stop Henderson and be one-on-one -on, -one on the outside or worry about the pass game and let Henderson kill you. So, And C.J. Stroud, I think, from talking to, to Ryan Day, one area, you know, as a first-year starter, he wasn't necessarily a demonstrative leader. And I think now in this offseason, over the summer, they've really seen him take big steps in that area, which I think is an important part of his, his development. Well, putting up Rose Bowl records as he did, 573 yards, six touchdowns. <laughs> That'll boost the old confidence, make you willing to speak up. We'll get you ready for the season. The Heisman Trophy preview show starts at 9 o'clock Eastern time, and then we'll be back with a complete list of the Herbies at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Gentlemen, thank you. Looking forward to it. It's been four straight seasons since we've seen a running back as a Heisman finalist. Will this be the year the drought is finally over? This Heisman preview is brought to you by Nissan, premier partner of the Heisman Trophy. He may have won last year, and he returned to school, but Bama quarterback Bryce Young not the favorite to win the Heisman again this year. Instead, that distinction belongs to Ohio State C.J. Stroud. If Young did repeat, he would be the first former Ohio State running back Archie Griffin or join him as the only two-time winner of the Heisman Trophy. A quarterback, fellas, has won four of the five last years. Charles Whitson, the only defensive player to win the Heisman. Eddie, what will it take to see a non-quarterback win the Heisman this season. Yeah, it'll have to be a running back in my opinion because it's gonna you're gonna have to of course hit over 1500 yards around 20 touchdowns. You also have to play for a winning team. You have to be able to have that national exposure. You need a signature moment in those big games and something that people don't talk about that's really underlooked is people have to like you. They have to want to vote for you. They have to want to see your games. If I miss games on Saturday, I want to have to go look at my cell phone and see what you did. So the fact that people, the likability factor is huge in the Heisman voting. Eddie, you know who meets all that criteria and possibly more? It's Will Anderson on defense. Last year, he's likable. He put on weight. Last year, he had 17 and a half sacks, 34 and a half tackles for loss. He won freshman of the year the year before. He's only getting better. I understand he's not an offensive player, but this could be the year. 25 years later, another defensive Heisman winner. Well, it's, you know, the odds are long, guys, because two of the top four finalists from last year are both returning to school, and they both happen to be quarterbacks. But you never know. And if it's about likability, I'm voting for the two of you. Okay, top of my list. <laughs> you got everything it takes. Uh, college football coming your way on Saturday. We're finally going to talk about football. We'll see you back here tomorrow.